This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Bill C-11 is before the Senate. Bill C-11, you probably heard of it. It's been controversial. It's the idea of modernizing the Broadcast Act and recognizing platforms like Netflix or YouTube or TikTok as broadcasters. Now, this is problematic for many reasons. Uh, You know, there's been some interesting debates and amendments proposed in the Senate. But one seems to have come out of left field, and it's from a senator who has attempted this before in her own private member's bill before the Senate. But the idea of trying to limit access to explicit content, pornography, for those under 18, now, look, there's a lot of this stuff online, and I think most people agree that, no, that's not something that, that minors, those under 18, should be accessing. But the proposed amendment, which was adopted by the Senate, or a Senate committee anyway, uh, would add this to Bill C-11, would require websites add age verification to prevent access to sexually explicit material. Now, this is invasive stuff. This isn't like if you go to some brewery's website and you have a pull-down menu and you just tell them how old you are, which those are kind of a joke. Uh, this is, you know, pretty invasive sort of technology when it comes to having to prove your age. And, and look, I mean, you know, platforms like Twitter, Google, you can theoretically access explicit material through those websites. So are we going to need age verification? required for those big platforms so this is problematic for for a number of reasons i think i don't know if the government's going to accept this this certainly wasn't put into bill c11 in the first place joining us for some thoughts though on this very pleased to welcome to the program here this morning dr emily laidlaw canada research chair in Cybersecurity law and associate professor of the faculty of law university of calgary professor laidlaw good to have you with us here welcome to the program yeah thanks for having me yeah, like I said, when we talk about age verification technology, and it's not just the, the pull-down menu where, you know, the, the website asks how old you are, what is it we're talking about here, first of all? Yeah, so uh, I, the one thing I would say is that the technology's improved quite a bit in the last few years because there have been a lot of people trying to work on how do you verify someone's age in a way that um, protects and preserves privacy, right? Because that's the key question out there. So there's a difference between identification technologies where they really are trying to authenticate your identity versus age verification, which is just trying to authenticate that you are, say, over, you know, you're 18 years or over. Um, And there's different ways to do that. I mean, some of the more privacy-preserving technologies might you know, guess at your age and using biometrics. And if they think that you look perhaps under 18, then they might, through some third party, seek to authenticate your age, whether it's a driver's license or it's a credit card or some other form of verification. And it might be, you know, separate from, say, the social media provider. That's that's normally what the goal is. Um, The problem with some of this is that there are some unintended security risks with this, that 
the more data that you're collecting and in one place, right, that is identifying particular individuals for whatever it is, um, then that is vulnerable to, to, um, to, to attacks, right? And that data might be, might be useful. So if that particular technology is to authenticate people who are illegally consuming pornography, the big fear out there is we don't want some sort of data trust out there that is, you know, these are the people that like consuming pornography um, because that's an immediate target. But some of the better technologies now are, 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 you know, more widely used for all kinds of different forms of ARIES verification. But the tech's all over the map, right? There's not one standard mm-hmm. here, and we don't have laws in place that um, are very good right now at addressing the use of things like biometrics and AI. So it's complicated. It is. But to to clarify the point then, so some of this does involve like facial recognition software or some process where your image is is shared or, or scanned or whatever. Yeah, potentially, and it depends on what they use. So one of the popular ones, Yodi, for example, um, might use facial age estimation where an individual kind of looks at the camera and they say, okay, you look underage. Well, for me, I mean, I swear until I was 30, I looked 12 years old. So I would immediately would have been flagged and sent over and have to prove my age to be able to then access pornography. And that's putting aside again now what's on these platforms. Like, are we talking about OnlyFans and Pornhub or are we talking about Twitter? Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, some, I guess, are are more clear-cut. I mean, this all calls to mind what was the famous U.S., I think it was the Supreme Court decision about pornography or obscenity, like, well, I'll know it when I see it. Like, do we have a clear standard for what constitutes explicit content? Well, and I think that's the issue right now is that this really did come out of left field from the Senate. And and the, the goal of, of Senator Neville Deschenes is, it's, I mean, it's laudable. I was testifying before the Senate when she initially introduced the bill. Right. We absolutely need some form of age verification. Um, but, you know, it's a lot more complicated than it seems because what is explicit sexual activity that we're talking about here? Um, you know, if the target is going to be, look, we want age verification to be able to to use OnlyFans. Okay, fine. But then we need to have uh, secure privacy preserving age verification for those systems, and that raises the issues that I just mentioned. Not all age verification is the same. We don't have good regulations in place. But if it's just explicit sexual activity, that could be anything. I mean, there's a lot of pornography on Twitter. So let's say that someone breaches Twitter's rules or Facebook's and they share an intimate image of another person. And this would be um, potentially showing explicit sexual activity. And then this is you by a minor. We can talk about how harmful that is to the subject matter and to the child involved. Mm -hmm. But what does that mean then to the social media provider? Because the best answer for them is to put in age verification across the board. And that means we're looking at widespread age verification, whether it's for Google, whether it's just generally for YouTube. So it's much more difficult to contain this than than it seems at first blush. Right. And, and, you know, for those those platforms, like YouTube's an example. YouTube is not Pornhub. YouTube is not typically uh, the source of what we would consider pornography or sexually explicit material. But just on the off chance, then, that something might get posted that could fall into that umbrella, if the company has to default then to age verification for everybody, what, what's the impact of that? 
Well, I mean, and that's the very issue, right? And and the answer for some is to say, maybe we should be putting in place better age verification because notionally there's supposed to be some age verification to use all kinds of social media, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and there's a reason why some of these platforms are targeted. I mean, there's an enormous amount of pornography that is being shared on platforms like Twitter. And so if we... If, if one just targets age verification to Pornhub and OnlyFans, you're actually not targeting some of the market and some of the sort of incidental ways that children are exposed. But having, but having better rules in place about, well, how are you as a platform managing the risks of children being exposed to this? Yeah. Maybe stopping short of age verification. That's the better question. And that's not an issue for the CRTC. That's in fact an issue for for this new online safety regulator that we're expecting Heritage Canada to potentially propose in its new legislation. Right. Like Facebook's an example, or maybe more specifically Instagram, that they're, you know, that's the company's pretty strict about what goes on Instagram. And I think that's one of the reasons why OnlyFans took off in popularity, because other platforms were pretty strict about this stuff. So, I mean, it can be done if, if companies are, are determined enough. Yeah, they can put in place certain rules, and they um, and there's things that are always going to slip through the cracks. So <clears throat> it's the I guess the goal can't be perfection here because of the issues you talked about, which is the unpredictability of users, exactly that gray area of what counts as explicit sexual activity. But the idea that there needs to be steps put in place by some sort of social media platform to try to address the issue of what children are exposed to is a good idea. But on the other side, there then needs to be obligations on these social media platforms to think through what are the programs that you're using, how secure are they, what is to the extent that they're the least invasive of privacy and the most, uh, I guess, uh, minimally impact freedom of expression. Um, It's the small decisions that end up being the most important when you're looking at balancing rights, when you're looking at freedom of expression and privacy and how to do that. And the thing that worries me about this is that it's kicked it entirely to the CRTC to essentially regulate as they wish. So let's roll out that ball of string. What exactly does that look like? I mean, if a company doesn't comply, are they going to be imposing fines and comply with what exactly? Is there a risk that there's going to be an order of website blocking? Well, there's loads of literature and work being done that, you know, by international human rights bodies and UN special rapporteurs talking about the risks of just blanket website blocking. We've only had our first cases on this in Canada, but this has been a real live conversation with civil society and before the courts in other countries. I, I know, and I think maybe you've raised this as well, some of the equality issues potentially here, that for certain groups, the idea of having to show your face and show your driver's license in order to access certain websites, that, that could be problematic. Well, I know, and I'm happy you raised that, actually, is that, you know, there, there's inherent problems with this technology, and it impacts particular groups, and it's unequal in, you know, kind of how it impacts them and who has access to it. So we're immediately creating sort of uh, tiers here. And particular groups are impacted more than others. And it's not built into this provision that those are going to be taken account of. It just says it's just focused on the harm aspect here, which in, and only one version of harm, which is harm to children. Right. Very important. But that incentivizes companies then to put in place 
pretty rudimentary systems unless they are really devoted to some of the issues that we've been talking about here. We'll see what happens with this amendment. I believe the Senate committee has approved it, but obviously C-11 has to go back uh, to the government to approve any of these amendments, so still a ways to go. Uh, Professor Laidlaw, I appreciate your insight on this. Thanks for joining us here today. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.